everyone. Welcome to the conversation. I am super excited today to have Shalon and Richard as our guests. I'm going to ask them to introduce themselves because I do not want to mess up all the wonderful things that they've done. Thank y'all for being here. Please introduce yourselves. Well, thank you, Koya, so much for having us. Um, my name is Shalon Clark. I am a lawyer practicing commercial litigation at the law firm of Hush Blackwell, where I am an equity partner. Um, I am also <laughs> the owner of, it's, of De Design Redefine, which is an interior design company um, that I started officially in 2021. Um, I am also the wife and mother of three baby girls, AKA the A-Team. Hi everyone, I'm Richard Thomas. I am the husband to this amazing woman. I'm an entrepreneur. I own the Island Spot brand. So we have um, restaurants here in DFW and um, we just launched our first uh, villa in Jamaica. And I'm a former C-suite executive, um, used to run um, supply chain operations for Borden Dairy Company. Oh my goodness. So that's what's so exciting and why I'm super excited to talk to y'all. As as y'all are aware, my platform is about self-love. And when I'm thinking of self-love and the reason I've been really excited to have y'all on is because of all the things you're doing. I've been I've been connected with y'all almost five years and each year y'all have been doing more and more and more and holding it down. So one question I wanna ask is, what kind of mindset does it take to keep going and keep doing and keep building with all the things that you've done? I think for me, um, it's, it's twofold. So the first is faith and um, understanding the vision, where we're trying to go, um, where God is taking us and um, working together. The second is humility. And uh, for me, it's big to defer to Shalon and her expertise in certain areas and use mine in, in others. And that helps us to build together and build um, along a unified vision. So her goals are my goals and mine is hers. So she helps me where I'm weak and that helps us to keep on building on top of each other. Yeah, I mean, I would say the same. It's a purpose-driven mindset believing that your purpose was determined by God long, long ago before you were admitted in your mother's womb. And how do I find out what that purpose is? How do I access the strength that God can give us to, to achieve that purpose? Um, and, and that's really it for me. Wow. When you talk about faith, what kind of role has faith played in what you're saying, where we're going, you know, when there's difficult times, what role does faith play in that? So for me, faith is everything. It's my living, breathing. It is It is the very core of my being and my whole life revolves around it. Mm -hmm. And to give you practical examples, especially when we're here talking about self-love, I think that is part of my ritual of self-love. So every morning i i found the devotional and this is uh, my mom gave it to me as a gift and i've continued on with this offer author one of them is called jesus calling and now i'm on jesus always and it's the first devotional that i've ever had where i just can't wait to wake up in the morning and read it and i finished the whole thing 365 days last year and started this year 
And it's only a paragraph. So I tell myself, how in the world can you say you don't have time to read a paragraph? And you know, there might be two to three verses to go along with it. So I read the paragraph in the morning, I, go, I read the Bible verses, and then I journal. And I, in my journal, it's, I'm thanking God. I want the first sentence to be, thank you God for X, because an attitude of gratitude changes your whole day. And um, so, yeah, that that's that's the role it plays for me. There are days that are so stressful that I cannot imagine how I'll get through the day. But I, I started with that, and that gives me the strength to at least get out of bed. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, it's, you know, we went through some difficulties with that Alan spot when we started. And um, 12 years ago, I had a, a partner. Um, it didn't work out and it was difficult. The, the restaurant closed and I was trying to figure out how to figure out what to do to go forward. And I got this, this verse, it's Haggai 2, um, 1 through 9. And I've looked at that verse, I've thought about that verse, I've meditated on that verse and I've used it as my driving force going forward. Um, even the, the name of my holding company is from that verse. You should it's, the, it's called the present house. So, you know, Haggai 2 verse 9 is saying, um, the glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of this former house. And in this house, I will grant peace. So I think about that all the time. Um, when we face challenges in, you know, trying to, to um, raise capital and, and finance the businesses that we're doing, I go back to the verse prior to that, which is, um, you know, silver is mine and the gold is mine. And that's what the Lord says. So I, I focus on those and those help to push through the difficult times, help to keep you grounded on what you're trying to do. And there's a habit that we have as well, where um, she took her journal that she went through. I have it now. I'll go through that. But we spend time in the mornings where we try to discuss what we learn in the journal. You mean the, the devotionals? Sorry, the devotionals. We discuss what we learn in devotionals. Um, we pray together uh, morning and night and those things help us to help each other so by prayer we learn where someone is struggling what they're dealing with and i can you know pray for her throughout the day and she'll pray for me or so check in with me and say hey how is this going and that helps us yeah figuring out what the matters of the heart are yes bringing it to god when i am listening to this it's bringing such a smile to my face because when you ask a question like how does faith play there's some there's some common answers you get as y'all are answering y'all dig deep like this is actually a part of your everyday and it's a part of your everyday that you do individually and that you do together and i think that's that really is what shows shows up for y'all there are Thank you. <laughs> oh yes yes it's i'm over here like Oh, I love it. <laughs> there are many cu couples who are striving to be where you are. You know, you're like a power couple. You have a successful marriage. You have beautiful children. You have these corporate careers that are outstanding. And then you have these entrepreneurial endeavors that are outstanding and thriving. And so people wonder how can how can i get to that how, what is it about being in a relationship that can drive couples to have the success not only just as a couple but in all the areas of life that you touch what would you say 
I think it already is what he already touched on. Um, there has to be humility. You can't, I know sometimes people go out looking for another, like I'm successful and I'm going to go look for another successful person. So first of all, 99% of the work is done in the person you choose from the very beginning. <laughs> the other 1% um, is being humble about what, so I, I'm really, I'm a lawyer. I'm a wordsmith. I'm great at telling a story. I'm great at communication and Richard is not. So although he was very successful in his career, um, all the way into the point he met me, um, realizing that that wasn't his strong suit and being open to correction, um, I think it just becomes a symbiotic relationship and you get so much stronger together than you ever could have been alone. And likewise, Richard is a genius, a mathematical genius. He doesn't talk about it much, but he had, he was magna cum laude in physics. So Summa, summa, excuse me, <laughs> for us lonely magnus. <laughs> I mean, so he 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 can read and assemble numbers like this. And 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 I go to him for help, even in trial preparation, because I'm a commercial litigator. So sometimes my my uh, litigation is is in um, finances and accounting. So just picking some numbers and being like, I am not getting this concept. Can you help me? And he's like, oh, duh, duh, duh. you know, it's just being okay with, that's not my strong suit. Thanking God that he put me with a, a, a person that the three strand cord is not easily broken and that we can grow from each other. Yes, uh, it's the same for me. So <clears throat> the biggest thing that I learned, um, and it, it started fairly early in our, our relationship is that, you know, you have to, to be humble enough to know that the other person have your best interests at heart. So an example of this is, is we, um, I remember I um, wasn't sleeping well. I wasn't doing everything. And Shalon, you know, telling me to take this um, melatonin to help me sleep at night. And I was still kind of pig-headed and um, some of my Jamaican tennis. And I was like, I'm not doing it. I would go back and forth. I'm like, you can't tell me what to do. And then she's like, Rich, I'm trying to do this for you. And then I, after sitting down and thinking about it, I was like, yeah, um, yeah, I do think she got my best interest at heart. So I had to humble myself and stop doing what I'm doing and just follow her. And I slept better. Um, so, <laughs> so all that just comes back to, to learning um, the gifts of the other person. And I, um, I was listening to something on how I built this. And they... Um, said the math is different. You know, it's there's one, and then we have somebody else. One plus one is not two, but eleven. And we had another person. Um, it's not three. It's hundred and eleven. You can do so much more with someone um, with you. Mm. And for her to be gifted, if I try to be the person that's shining and then don't really allow her to use her gifts for me, where I am weak then I'm just limiting it and I'm only going to get two instead of 11. And mm -hmm. I, I want 11, I'm greedy. <laughs> Man, this is so beautiful, I tell you. I think that it's our, our watching TV and watching movies and reading books, you get a different perspective of, you know, each person has to be this certain kind of way 
And what I keep hearing a theme coming through is that humility piece. And it's, it's so beautiful because when we think of humility, sometimes we think of lesser, but I'm hearing that because y'all have this opportunity and agreement and design to both have humility, that all it has done is help for you to thrive because you're able to, as you said, when one is not as strong, the other one is as strong and we lift each other up. And because we know that, we can disguise the limit and that's obvious in the things that you're accomplishing thank you for sharing that i think there's so many young couples and older couples who don't know that and so they're looking at it from a perspective of competition even if unintentionally instead of that cohesiveness to, to work together question how have you managed a household careers, children, a social life, family, and all the other million things that you're doing, not to mention the successful entrepreneurial endeavors. How have you managed all of that? Mm -hmm. I know one thing Richard told me a long time ago, tell about that, the glass falls versus rubber. Um, We are juggling and we're constantly juggling. Um, and as we're going through life, the more you bring on, the more um, you'll have to juggle. The difference is realizing and figuring out which balls are glass and which balls are rubber. So there are times that you have all these things moving and you have to internet, intentionally let a ball drop. You can't do everything. And most people believe they, ha- they can do everything. And that's the the, the the falls um, narrative that's out there that we are doing everything well. Um, sometimes a ball just drops. You just have to make sure that the one that drops is rubber. <laughs> so you can bounce and you pick it up again, right? <laughs> Don't let the glass ball drop. Um, and that's how we think about it. And yeah, so the glass ball is? The glass ball is um, our relationship and our commitment to each other. Our family, our, our girls. family, our girls. Those are the most important things. My yeah. rubber ball is my work. business, work, um, some of other relationships. It's just, I have to realize what's important. There are times that I'm going to screw up in the restaurant or in my business ventures or screw up at my job, but I can't screw up in my marriage because that one won't be able to bounce back that yeah. easily. That one shatters. Um, and realizing that one, that really helped me um, process because I am very type A as most lawyers are. And, you know, I didn't want to drop anything. Um, also, we share in responsibilities. We are a 50-50 family. Um, it's more like a 100-100. Uh, yeah, you're right. 100-100 family. So I just went through a series of a prop- probably about three full months where I was totally unavailable to my family. I was working extremely hard um, at work with a big, a huge case that I had going on. Two. Two huge cases, you're right. Um, And my husband took over all of the household roles, took over, you know, the kids. There were literally almost a whole week where I wouldn't see my kids because I'd go to work before they woke up and I was 
I didn't stop till two, three in the morning. So I did not see them. He was feeding them. He was bathing them. He takes them to school every morning. He's, you know, everything. And he said he felt like a single dad. And I yeah. know it was hard for him, but it was it was also hard for me. It was one of the, it was the most stressful time in my life and the hardest I've ever worked in my legal career. And we brought the girls to see you for dinner one day because yes. just didn't get a chance to see you. So he brought all three of them to the office at eight o'clock at night to bring me dinner. You know, and and I know it was hard for him, but it was his turn and he was okay with that. There are a lot of macho men who don't ever think that that's their role. You know, mm -hmm. he was washing dishes, he was cooking, he was doing it all. And there will be a time and there have been times where I'm doing it all. When he used to travel a lot with Borden and he was gone four days a week, I did it all. And we just realized that there's gonna be ups and downs in this relationship and we're gonna to have to take on more than the other at different times. But I will not, I would be remiss if I didn't say that we have help. Yes. My mother is our full-time nanny, so we don't have to worry about childcare. And we have a virtual assistant that takes care of a lot of things. I don't have time to schedule my children's doctor's appointments. She does it. Um, you know, she does, managing this house could be a full-time job in and of itself, every broken dishwasher or whatever, or tree surgeon that we need. I mean, she's doing all of that. So I think everything that you can, that you can possibly outsource, outsource. Um, I again am hearing that beautiful theme of humility because a lot of times when people need help they may not want to ask for help especially because the lens that the world is looking at is successful have it together can do all things so to speak and so to to reach out to family and you know this is what if you can help in this way or even to have a virtual assistant you know, that is another sign, another example of humility and another reason why things just can grow and they can thrive because you don't have to focus on everything. The example yeah. that you just gave about the glass and the rubber, that was so good. I was like, let it drop. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What's going on here? But then you explained it. And so we are juggling these things, but there's the glass that we're gonna make sure everything else can go kapooey, but that glass, we will not drop. That's, that's wonderful. And what that also says is that ultimately, there's a lot going on, but you have some priorities that are non-negotiable. So yes. that matters more than any other success that can come. And I'm hearing that in what you're saying, so. Yes. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. And Koi, I want to also just say, because I'm always going to be authentic, I feel like we just dropped a glass ball last week. We did. We missed a critical <laughs> deadline for our child's school, and we both felt like failure was the failures was the worst day of being a parent that I've ever felt in my life. Um, and again, I sought help from people, from mothers whose children are already in college and who would encourage me and told me and their their form of encouragement was, this, this is just one of many <laughs> and your child is still gonna be okay. And you know, we talked through it cause I was upset with him cause I felt like this was the time he was supposed to take care of that while I was working. And, and you know, we talked through it. And yeah, so, I was up with her cause I was like, I'm doing everything. Mm -hmm. I do all I, I can, but 
you know, or a glass ball drop. Yes. So we work through how do we not gonna make that, let that happen again. And that's one thing we learned fairly early. So like I've spoken to, we we went through couples counseling before we got married and we talked to a lot of couples who are, who have 30 year relationships. One of the things I talk about is communication. Uh, We try to figure out the biggest reasons couples going through divorce. And one of them is communication. So we try as painful as it is to talk through everything. Um, and those are not fun conversations. Mm-hmm. This one wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of it too, by praying about it, um, there's a there's a way that when you're praying together and you're praying to God and you're letting your heart out and you're saying things out of your heart and the other person's hearing it, it's like, I wouldn't tell you this, but I'll tell God. Mm-hmm. But through that point, I hear it. And sometimes I'm like, you know, that hurts. That one cut a little bit. But she wasn't talking to me. <laughs> so, so if you want to be in this conversation, you just got to, you know, you got to have a thick skin because she's talking to God. Mm-hmm. Um, so those things help us through it. It's trying to work through it together. Well, thank you so much for that authenticity and for sharing. And, you know, I'm just, I'm hearing that it is, it is definitely not easy to have those tough conversations, but the willingness to have it and to what you spoke of earlier, knowing that someone has your best interest in mind, that also helps when it does cut a little, it does sting, was not what I wanted to hear, but because I know ultimately this is where, what, where you are and where your, your, your focus is with me, I'm able to just take that in and we can go through it so well of course um that was that was a very beautiful share and i'm sure that all the friends that you spoke to definitely helped and you do know that um things will get better and and sometimes it's just not meant for what we think is exactly the journey it may not be meant and something else is gonna happen that brings realization to that so thank you for Thank you yes. so much. I want to also ask about when you think of um, like that was a shatter. How, what, what have been some times when there was an obstacle and it wasn't as easy to just, and this can be in, in as you developed your companies or whatever, and it wasn't as easy to navigate through. And ultimately, how did you navigate through that? What, what did you have to pull from? Um, My biggest obstacle has been my own negative self-talk. There is nobody who is more critical and rude and mean to me than myself. In fact, there is nobody I would let talk to me like I talk to myself (laughs) on this earth. Um, And I went through the work. I did the work. I am doing the work. I go to therapy. And I think too many Black people and too many professionals don't talk about going to therapy and the importance of therapy. And one of the things my therapist helped me through is to name that negative self-talk. So I named her, I call her Coach Black. And, And because she helped me understand that Coach Black played a critical role in me getting to this level of success. She was the one that said, get up. You're not working hard enough. Work harder. Why are you so lazy? You got to outrun. You got to do this. You got to do that. And she coached me in her black way 
to, and when I say black, I mean dark, mean critical, um, to get to the level that I was at. But my therapist was like, you just need to tell her, thank you for your service. You helped me get to this point, but you're no longer needed because that same critical voice won't help me get to the next level. I need a different type of voice, a different type of coach. And so, I, I, like I said, the work is naming it, dealing with it and acknowledging it. When I hear the negative thoughts, self-talk saying, oh, Coach Black, have a seat, <laughs> you know? So that's it for me. For me, um, well, I also do therapy. Um, I, I think it's critical for us to be able to work through all the challenges that we have um, internally. And a, a part of therapy is actually um, crystallizing the challenge. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's in your brain, but it's not really as clear and you need someone to help you through that process. But you know, my biggest challenge in, in business is, is just access to capital and finances. And especially as I try to expand and do different things. And I feel sometimes like I'm hitting a head against a wall. Some days I feel so down, um, distraught. Some days I'm like, I don't know how it's going to happen. And, you know, there are times that I, I lean on Shalon and we talk through it. There are times I um, go on my knees and pray about it. And there are times that I'm just going to just try. Um, but it, it it's really is, is a situation where um, I come back to my faith and those verses and, and, and what I'm trying to do. And I look at what I'm, my, my ultimate goal is generational wealth, not just for me, but my family and my girls and make sure that they can see different um, experiences in a life a different way that I did. You know, I grew up in a poor community in Spanish Town, Jamaica. Um, when I took Shalon there, Shalon said that's the most abject poverty she's ever seen in her life when she first went there with me. Um, so I intend for them not to experience that. So when I um, I'm keep on trying, when I hit my umpteenth wall, that's why I'm trying. That's why I keep getting up and keep you know going again. When I cannot find my own um, reason for pushing through the wall, I look to my girls and they're my reason. That's beautiful. What self-love practices are y'all noticing that the girls are picking up the AT? Oh, so my our girls are five, three, and one. Yep. Um, and I have noticed the five and three year old are are praying. Yes. Yeah. So. So we pray at night with them. They see us praying in the morning. They'll pray as well. Um, they have some some good prayers, some funny prayers. Yes. Um, but you know they they see us saying thank you and um, being grateful to God. Those even down to praying at our meals. Yes. Um, say so they'll stop us if we come and start eating without praying. They're like, Daddy didn't say your grace. Mm -hmm. Or if we're going to bed and I put them down and I'm walking out, she's like, Daddy, you didn't pray. So you yes. know they they they've learned. Yeah. That. Even the one year old, she just said, Amen. That's her first. <laughs> But yeah, our, our girls actually sometimes it appears to be very long because they will go through every item in their room. Thank you for the door. Thank you for the window. Thank you for. But we just want them to have an attitude of gratitude. That yes. just want to teach them to be grateful for every single thing they have. And so I think prayer is a form of self love. I also see. Um... Shalon, she loves music and love dancing. And I, I see her you know, in the morning sometimes if she doesn't really feel as good, she'll put on gospel in the in, in the closet while she's while she's getting ready. And the girls 
see it and they like the music and they dance with her and you know now they have dance contests sometimes in the house so that that is good because it's just you know really learning what you enjoy and leaning into it yeah i would yeah i would add that because what our oldest the five-year-old is a really good singer she's been singing since she was a baby the three-year-old is a really good dancer and been dancing since she was a baby so i'm always pouring into them saying oh my god you're such a good singer you're such a good dancer and i see them reflecting that back telling me mommy look at me i'm such a good dancer aren't i yes you know and i'm like yeah absolutely just trying to sow those seeds that's so important as we know so that's that's lovely and i i can definitely see that and um, that's why I, <laughs> I can definitely see that sometimes a five-year-old a little bit more self-love than than normal oh yes <laughs> she's her head is huge <laughs> so cute <laughs> adorable they're they're you are very blessed with three beautiful adorable girls for sure um can you tell us, I'm going to ask each of you um, to tell us about the story of the island spot and then tell us about the story of your design, your Redefine. So I'll, I'll start. So the island spot um, came about when, at the time I was a consultant with McKinsey. I wasn't even living in Dallas, but the team, and I was on a project in Dallas and the team wanted to take me to the number one ranked Jamaican restaurant for my birthday as a surprise. So I went there. Um, the experience wasn't quite what I was used to um, in terms of we eat at high-end restaurants all over the world all the time as a part of being a consultant. And it just was was a little bit embarrassing for me because I, I felt like this can't be the best that we had to offer. You know, the, the food was great. The ambience was lacking. The service was bad. Um, and that stuck with me. So I wanted to figure out how to change that. And I found a chef who was, um, I took it as my partner. I financed the first store. Um, we started, it didn't really go as well as I thought. And you learn um, some of the challenges of growing a business. So that first store actually shut down and brought my mom in. Um, I brought a French trained chef and said, hey mom, can I get your recipes? And French trained chef, take these recipes that are our home cooking and make them restaurant scale. And through that, we restarted the island spot. Um, and, and we kept on building it over and over throughout the years. And that was a difficult process. I remember at one point in time, um, when I was looking to give up, Shalon said something to me that was pretty pivotal. You know, we were on a trip to San Antonio and on the way back, we we're talking about it and, you know, I was venting my frustration. And she's like, well, Rich, um, you have McKinsey in it. And I think that was telling me that I haven't put my best in there yet. And that's another part of being humble, which is letting your wife sometimes challenge you and tell you the things that you haven't done well. And that kind of helped me to keep on pushing. And we've been evolving it and every year we try to make it better. So instead of saying we're gonna start off and create the ideal end state, which we just didn't have the, the financing to do because we're building a business, we try to make it incremental better every time. And that's how we grew the island spot. And it still is around changing the way people um, experience the Jamaican food and culture through our three R's, rich food, reggae, and rum. And if we hit all three of those, we feel like people are gonna have a fantastic experience. Um, so we talk about it, Shalon actually designed the stores. Um, she can tell you that I gave her a total of a budget. I think it's a, a flat out line. Um, I gave $500. her a lot. $500. <laughs> that's all I have. Um, but she, <laughs> But the last version, she, she had a lot more to work with. 
who actually did a phenomenal job and we just worked at it together. So that was down to her um, sewing the curtains. Um, we went to um, a salvage place and got some windows and then she designed it. She, she did a phenomenal job on that budget. And over the years, she keeps on getting better and better. And that, that's exciting to me. So that's why I keep on pushing her to do it, um, even though she didn't want to do it. But that's also a part of her story. Yeah, so your design redefined started, I guess, probably about seven years ago or even more, I guess, 12 years ago, Close because ago. when Richard started, um, when he opened the restaurant, he gave me a $500 budget and was like, you're going to design this. I can't afford an interior designer. And so I did the best that I could. And then, you know, um, we I had my personal homes that people would come to and always say, you, you designed so well, who did this? Um, and then Richard had started to purchase um, investment properties. And again, we don't have a budget for a staging company. You're going to design it. And so there I was again. And I look back and, you know, people kept coming to my home and asking me, would you do this for me? And I'm like, no, I'm not a designer. The realtors would say, will you stage homes for me? I'm like, no, I'm not a designer. I'm a lawyer. I'm not a designer. And so finally, after all of that, and I realized like, oh my gosh, I have a portfolio. Yeah, we're open the second house, but you did Yes, I, I was like, I designed three restaurants, like six houses. Um, maybe I am a designer. <laughs> and so I, you know, I was like, what if, you know, the pandemic hit and you start all your what ifs that you never felt like you had time to do. I was pregnant, pandemic, and I thought, let me just post something. I went to quietly post a little design and see what happens. I opened an Instagram account and my husband is the one who pushed me to put it on Facebook because I did not want to do that because my legal network was on Facebook. My people who knew me were on Facebook. I was like, I don't want anybody to be like, look at her in a little silly design, like, or, or think that I wasn't serious about the practice of law. But he pushed me to do it and I, the response was so positive. And it turns out that my, most of my clients are other black female lawyers. So that, that was the network that I already had that if I had been too scared or if I hadn't been, I was too scared, but if I didn't have him pushing me to put it out there, it would never be. And so now I've been in multiple publications, I've been on TV, I'm just actually pretty overwhelmed with the response and the fact that I've been able to integrate both the practice of law and interior design that some of my legal clients have become my design clients. I'm just grateful. Well, I can tell y'all I'm a fan of both. I love, <laughs> love, love the island spot. It's delicious, delicious, delicious. And it, it does look great in there. I, the, you've done a, a fabulous job. Um, the, the experience is always fantastic for me and you know you. Of course, the funny thing about it is like as we're having this conversation and 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 we're your personalities are coming through obviously the people who you have working in your companies are going to have to be people with a similar type of personality and that's what i feel very warm and welcome going in there and of course they're not going to know that i know y'all and so it's it's even more of a compliment to what you're doing and of course yes you're the i think people actually look forward to seeing what's the update what's the latest project you've done and how it's going to look what that transformation has been 
because they are definitely like they're great they're really thank great. you so thank much you. love love seeing it and then again here comes that same thing of humility in the sense of that that love piece that said i know that my spouse really believes in this and i'm not going to just sit back quietly and let them kind of shrink back i'm gonna encourage them to continue on with whatever that dream is or i yeah. see something in my spouse that they may not be seeing but i'm gonna push that for them and so i'm loving that you're sharing this because whether it's in our you know our, our a marriage relationship a dating relationship a family relationship a sister friend a guy friend whatever relationship it is however that's set up these are some of the things that are very necessary to have good relationships just that piece that you trust that your circle has your best interest in mind as, as you expressed before so thank you for that yes. is there anything coming up for either the island spot or your design redefine that we can share you would like to share with the audience well, absolutely. Yes, go ahead. <laughs> we are opening the Island Spot Villa in Jamaica. Um, we are so excited about this project. It actually combines both of our talents, both of our dreams. Yes. The the Island Spot is located in Silver Sands and Duncan's, um, Jamaica, which is in Trelawney. Um, and it is on a former sugar plantation. And so for us, the legacy of, um, of being able to buy back our land and even more so for Richard, being yes. from Jamaica, being from Spanish town um, and now owning a piece of his island, um, especially because this community, even after it was, when it was turned away, when, you know, when, the, when it was no longer a plantation, it was only for the exclusive Jamaican elite. Yes. Um, so I didn't even know it was there. Yeah, I grew up in Jamaica and I never knew it was there. It was it was um, like a, a closed community. Yes. Um, most of the owners did not look like me. Um, mm -hmm. Even when we went in the process of trying to buy it, uh, the person trying to sell it didn't want to sell it to me. Uh, they wanted to sell it to someone else and they accepted a lower offer than mine for that purpose. But I am so happy and so grateful to have the opportunity to take back a part of the island and to show Jamaica in the way that I've seen it and I want people to experience it. Yes. And Shalon is going to create a phenomenal design for it. Yes. Um, it's on the beach. It's like six steps from the ocean. Um, it's on a hillside that has a phenomenal view. Yes. It will come with your own um, housekeeper, your own personal chef, um, your own butler to make your custom drinks there. It'll yes. have a lot of the Island Spot favorites there. Yes. As well, plus some other things that we're going to, you know, pretty much get because you're on the island. You know, fresh lobster, fresh crabs, all those things are going to be there. So we're just so excited about that opportunity to give you a, a more immersive version of Jamaica. Yes, and from the interior design aspect, it was built in the 1950s, yes. um, was was added to in the 90s, and um, has not been updated since. So we are fully remodeling it. So it'll be my first international project. Um, we are involving, you know, uh, Jamaican, construction companies, yes. which is trying to use all the island's resources and give back to the community. And this before and after is gonna be better than you've ever seen before. Yes. 
Well, I cannot wait. And so this will be someplace like people can book their travel to stay there. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. So it will start to take us this, this fall winter. Yes. So we're starting construction in it next month. So Shalaz has been spending a ton of time with the architect who's a, you know, we've got a black architect as well um, to create a phenomenal design. And just to, to bring her vision to life is going to take some time because <laughs> she's doing so much to it. But, you know, we're going to, we're excited about what it will be. And um, yeah. it's going to be amazing. It's going to sleep eight to 10. And yes, we want to bring your family. We want to, if you love the island spot, go to Jamaica and get the real thing. Yes. Wow. I am super excited <laughs> for so many reasons. And of course, you know, I'm a number one fan. <laughs> so I will Thank definitely you. be making sure to spread the word any way that I can. So thank you, um, thank you so much for this. I, I can't thank y'all enough for being part of this conversation. Again, the platform is about self-love. And I thank you so much for your vulnerability and your openness for this conversation. The things I wanna take away from it are the humility piece, the therapy piece, the communication piece, the, the faith piece all those things and then you know you hit it out the park with the glass and the rubber there's certain things that are really the priority in life and once you get that under control the sky's the limit so yeah. thank y'all both tremendously so 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 very much for being part of the conversation thank y'all for listening in and we'll just tune in next time to conversations with coach coy Thank you for listening to the conversation. Follow Conversations with Coach Coy on your favorite podcast platform. Share Conversations with Coach Coy with your favorite people. On Facebook, connect with us in two places, Conversations with Coach Coy podcast community or Self Love Tips with Coach Coy. That's spelled T-I-P-S. If you want to learn about being a guest or even being a sponsor, or perhaps you just want to connect with Koi to learn more about Koi's Care Coaching and Consulting, send an email to info at Because self-love is a gift for self that is not always easy to give or receive from self, you being part of the conversation means a lot to me as we all strive to increase our self-love and then move beyond self-love. Change, restore, reclaim.